Hey, heathens. Before we get started with tonight's episode, we just want to take a minute to acknowledge that the subject matter that we are going to discuss tonight is one that has some deeply problematic and real and difficult roots for a lot of people. We are going to be talking about alcohol and drinking recreationally, and we know that alcoholism is a legitimate issue and problem for a lot of folks. And for those of you who are in recovery or who are triggered uh, by anything like that, we would encourage you maybe to skip this episode. Also, we celebrate the hell out of your sobriety. We think it's fantastic. Yes, we do. For those of you who have some fear or anxiety around alcohol that is not based on addiction, uh, but really more just lack of experience and you're curious, that's kind of why we're here doing this episode. Yes, it is. All right. Yeah. Because fear's not fun either. (laughs) Spiritual Conversations for the Godless. I'm Matthew Blake. And I'm Karen Thurston. Welcome to Heathen. Karen, how old were you when you had your first drink? I was 24 or 25. Nice, nice. I know. (laughs) Well beyond, and do you want to know what it was? What was it? Shambord and Sprite. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome for that. You're so grown up. I know. That tastes, for the record, like cough syrup. Almost (laughs) exactly, and um, I don't recommend it, but that was my gateway that was my gateway beverage. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we had um, we were a dry house, but only not not I think for no other reason other than it was in our community not cool. Like mm-hmm. it was just like alcohol was just never cool really in any instance except for but when I got to high school, my mother, uh-huh. <laughs> lush that she is, took a liking to peach schnapps. <laughs> And orange juice. So we had, <laughs> not screwdrivers, what are they called? Fuzzy navels. Yeah. Uh, just randomly on a Thursday night, a fuzzy navel. Like what? a fuzzy nasal. Just one. Yeah. Right. Like, well, obviously. Yeah. Like, don't go crazy with the peach schnapps. What's great about this is that um, peach schnapps is the one alcohol that I have, well, I mean, there are many that I haven't tried, but I've intentionally, like I won't go near it because when I was in college... I was sober all through college, and but I went to parties. I was in theater, so like we had parties yeah, yeah. every night. And peach schnapps was frequently what was vomited all <laughs> over the parties. And the smell of peach schnapps, oh, like I can't go anywhere The second near coming it. of peach schnapps, no. being the only sober person in that scenario sucks. Oh, it is awful. not fun. It's not a fun game. So, all right, let's uh, let's introduce our guest. Yes, I guess. Hi. Kristen Cairns. Am I saying your last name right? Yeah. Okay, good. I, I've known you for so many years, and, and I don't think I've ever knows. heard it said yeah, out loud, but I know. Cairns. Yeah. Um, hi. Hi. Thank you for coming on, Heathen. Thanks for having me. <laughs> this was such a funny, like, last minute. I know. I'm texting you. I'm like, hey, do you consider yourself a mixologist? <laughs> <laughs> this is how we keep friends. Yeah. We need... no explanation <laughs> <know>. at all. <laughs> right out of the blue. Like, um, what? <laughs> Uh, we've texted people weirder things to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, yeah, we have sex episodes coming up. Those, yeah. those texts yeah, are really fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the answer is no. Yeah. 
So, I, um, what I like to do on Heathen is have folks just introduce themselves however, in whatever context oh. you want to be known for okay. the next 90 minutes as we talk. Wow. Uh, so you can tell however you would like for folks to get to know you. Um, oh, gosh. So that I'm not speaking on your behalf. I know. That's actually, it's kind of hard. I've, I I've been, uh, <laughs> with this new job, I've been meeting a lot of new people, and that question comes up a lot of like, mm. who are you? And tell a lot about yourself. Uh, it That's a hard question because it sort of depends on what situation you're in, you know, what information you give. But um, I guess for what's pertinent to this conversation, (laughs) religion and alcohol, um, (laughs) grew up in the church. Both parents are pastors, uh, along with a whole lot of other people in the Mm. family. Um, Not currently a churchgoer, but am employed at a bar. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't yeah, I don't know. Well, what else do you want to know? No, yeah. that's that's a phenomenal start because I didn't even know that much about you when I texted you because yeah. really what you and I have connected over arts world, you know, we both music. work in not non-profit yeah. arts and then music. Yeah, yeah, like we've gone to a bunch of shows together. Yeah. yeah. Um because we found out we have similar music tastes. Yes. But we've never talked beyond that. So you texted <laughs> me this bag, you know, something about I don't even remember how we got to the fact that you you talked you told me both your parents were clergy or pastors. Yeah. And I was like, "Wait, you know, record scratch What? Like, I've known you for a good probably six, seven years. It doesn't come up. Just in casual conversation. Yeah, well, no, it doesn't. Except for it does for me now. Like, I think because of this podcast, that is casual conversation now. So I feel like that comes up all the time. But no, that was I was like, oh, well, then regardless of how mixologist you consider yourself, I was like, let's talk about that. Um, (laughs) You're the perfect guest. So yay, that's exciting. Okay, before we get any further. Yes. This is the episode on alcohol, so, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have some alcohol. Which yes. needs to imbibe <laughs> yeah. some... That is right. So some, we have our... What do you... I, what, what I don't do you know what I'm saying with or a, what voice I'm doing. It's the, weird. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting nervous about the alcohol? <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> um, we have Jameson. That's what's... We're going to start off with a shot. Do you have anything with a whiskey shot? No, I guess not. Like... Um, I mean, I mean, like you know, with tequila, you have a lime. Oh, I, see, I just drink mine neat with nothing. Yeah, um, one of these is. But not I like am the other. a sipper. I'll take of that one. Shots. I am not so much a. Okay, well, we can sip shots. You can do it however you want. I, I just no, feel, I hate shots. Well, here's the thing: I don't ever drink to get drunk. Like, yeah. I yeah. that's not my thing. I yeah. don't even drink that much, so I don't want it to like. I want to taste it. What's the mm, point of... Yeah, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, dang it. I should have brought tumblers then. Not not, <laughs> not the shot glasses. No, but, you know, we're good. That's eh, fun. It's okay. Well, Wait, well, can we cheers? Yeah, cheers. Cheers. To heathens. Yay. Here, here. And to... Are we it, shooting or are we sipping? You do what you're going to do. I'm gonna well, if you're going to shoot it, I'll shoot it. But I'm not shooting. I'll do half. I can only no, ever whatever. do half I'll a shot. I'll shoot this. Okay, yeah. shoot it. <laughs> okay. Okay, I did it in three. <laughs> oh my God, look at you guys. I know. I still have See a that bit burn? Left. I love that burn. I do too. Like, I like whiskey. This is fine. I do too. So far, we're in we're in a realm in which I'm very comfortable. Mm-hmm. This is good. <laughs> I feel right at home. If okay. we move to gin, great. If we get to tequila. I'm out. I know nothing. Uh huh. Yep. Woo! All right, that was fun. No, oh, I'm gonna pour us some wine now, yeah. which is so great. Wine and whiskey. Oh, 
That sounds like a hipster bar. I know, right? Or that, a country song. That is same. Same. <laughs> maybe that's the name of this episode: whiskey and wine. Whiskey, whiskey and wine. wine. Also sounds maybe like a biblical metaphor somehow. Uh, hmm. Someone might be fry or and an over the Rhine song. Alone. Oh no! Oh look! I'm the be fry okay. as well. Aww. Oh, you you've got the. You guys, I'm very left out. Stuttons. No, you're right in the middle. You're cheers. I'm cheers. Well, speaking of cheers. Cheers. Wine. So far, this is a compelling episode. <laughs> I know, right? Well, glasses clinking. So, yeah, I guess I should have a sip to seal the cheers. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one because, I mean, we're all at the stage in our lives where alcohol is not really an issue. Right. I think for any we've of us. Crossed, we've bridged the great divide. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I definitely remember the time in my life when it was. Like you said, right. theater. I did theater as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all surprised that we're both theater people. Yeah, shocking me. <laughs> it's like, wow. Were you in theater, Kristen? Oh, God, yeah. Of course you were. <laughs> yeah, well, there it is. Yeah, so, Where's Micah? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a prerequisite for heathen, yeah. heathen guests. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember being really self-conscious around drinking, um, mm-hmm. super insecure at bars. Actually, you know, I still do. When I go into bars, I still have the moment of panic where I'm like, I don't know how to, like, I don't. I don't know what to order. I don't know what mm-hmm. I like. Yeah. So I do usually end up with like a red wine or um, a red wine. That's pretty much yeah. it. Because <laughs> yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I, go, you. I just I had one drink that solved that for me. What is that, that? anxiety? I I like uh, well I like gin. I figured mm-hmm. out that I like gin because my dad likes gin. So somehow I had a gin and tonic at one point. I was like, it's oh, like I drinking like, a pine I tree. I like this. I but I love drinking mm-hmm, pine trees. Like I'm into it. Yeah. Mm. Me too. Um. But then I, I found out what a Tom Collins is, which is essentially just like gin and lemon and powdered sugar and mm-hmm. whatever. But a Tom Collins is a name of a drink that sounds legit enough <laughs> to if you go to a bar and you're like, it's better than, I like a vodka soda, which is then I have to join a sorority immediately. No offense, everyone at a sorority who drinks a vodka soda. I just, I feel weird about it. Um, but uh, the Tom Collins thing, I just felt like, oh, that sounds... Like, I know what I'm talking about. It sounds fine, and I know I like it. So that was all I ordered for a really long time. Every mm. time I'd go to a bar, I'd be like, man, a Tom Collins, please. I don't sound like a beginner. Great. Yeah. We're done here. But then if I ever had to go beyond that, yeah. right. then I was like, no, I don't know. That was my one, that was it. That was my yeah. one trick. That That's how I feel about Whiskey Neat, though. Because, I, yeah. I mean, it's one of my favorites anyway, but it's so it's not girly. Right. In fact, I've had a lot of... You know, people go, oh, you drink like a man. Which I, what the hell does that mean? Oh, it means a, not you know a vodka I mean? soda. Yeah. yeah like, right? you're not going to catch me or with a glass of rosé or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But but I kind of am the same way where I'm a little bit intimidated. But see, this is why, because my son is an, a legit bartender. Okay. And mm-hmm. this is why you find somebody who will, like, you know, that you can go, a bartender that you can go and try things yes. right. with. Yes. You know, because it is a little weird to... Totally. Well, and speaking of the whole bullshit, like, spectrum of masculine to feminine drinks, like, because I, I, I totally love the fruity stuff. Like, yeah. give me the Mai Tai, right. the pina colada. I guess I do like rum. I guess that's a thing I like. Um, rum tastes like high school. <laughs> <laughs> or is that, that's, I guess that's just Yeah, not, 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 not my high school. <laughs> if I had to assign like rum a... Cake. Rum cake is delicious. Mm, yeah. Sorry, continue. No, I'm just trying to... If I had to assign a taste to high school for me... Mm. Or like 
I, I think know, it would peach be like wine coolers. I think it would be Pizza Hut. <gasps> oh, I thought mine is Pizza Hut breadsticks. That's totally what really? I was gonna say. <laughs> pizza Hut breadsticks, the taste of my childhood. No, we didn't. I get. I mean, peach knobs. Like I said, that was the yeah. closest I came. Gosh, when did I? Did even... you freak out the first time that your mom like whipped that out? No, I think just because she, you know. Actually, yeah, I do remember us being a little bit like mother. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, scandalized. It's out of the norm what about how Jesus you know her. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, but she also used beer to cook sometimes. Like she would make mm. beer cheese soup. That's a thing, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure that was a yeah. meal that we that had growing up. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there were times when she had actually let me like taste the beer when I was super mm. young. I remember that, and I was like, "That's awful. It's I'll never drink." You know, right. like which was probably the reaction she was going for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to scare me out of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I remember my grandpa, my grandpa had a, this liquor cabinet that is, my sons still have it in their house. Okay. But liquor. your grandpa was a pastor as well. So he, okay. Not that grandpa. Oh, okay. Okay. This is my dad's grandpa who was not a pastor. However, his dad was a pastor. Okay. And then my maternal, it skips a, it skips a generation on that side, yeah. but on the other side, no, it, it is that. <laughs> and then there's like cousins and things. And then actually we relative wise go all the way back to, I, apparently I had a relative who traveled with John Wesley when he was setting up the Methodist church. So we're, we're in the presence enough. of royalty. No, <laughs> Church religious like, royalty. Oh, thank yeah. You. But no, but grandpa used to on holidays and stuff like sneak us little Yeah, we got our matching. Hey, I know Sorry, I'm, I'm totally I'm Can totally interrupted. You really <laughs> hey, hey. We are the tangent twins. That's we what we do. It's true. Yeah, we, we got sorry, I just pointed out to Karen that Kristen and I have matching tattoos because yeah. Kristen took me to get my very yeah. first tattoo. So wait, did you really do this together? Yeah, oh yeah, together. that's yeah, not yeah. a coincidence. No, okay, we did this. this. But that was your first one? This is my yeah. first one. Yeah, yeah. Sa- wait, safety pins. How yeah. many how many do you have now? Three. Can we do a tattoo Ooh. episode? Are tattoos a slippery slope? Oh, yes, please. Are they? Maybe we can like, record it. Because you don't put it. ink on your body. That's in yeah. the Bible, right? Don't put a permanent mark on your body yeah. for whatever reason. It's so fun to record it in the shop while you're getting the tattoo. Because I have two. I have two on deck. Like, I'm ready. That you want to get? Yeah, I'm ready Do you to go. have any? Yeah. I have, okay. I have three. I have three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> one is one is white ink, and I forget that it's there oh, because yeah, it's yeah. really hard to see. Yeah. And then I, you know, it just... Yeah. Why are you looking at No, me? because I want to ask what that is, but also, like, I have to focus us back on <laughs> I don't know what wine is. Coming soon. Coming soon. The tattoo. tattoo. Episode. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, I'm sorry. So I can't wait to hear that one. Grandfather, who was not the pastor, not had, the pastor. had an alcohol cabinet. Yes, and would, like, sneak little sips to us, you know, when we were kids, <laughs> like, old? on the holidays. I, I mean, eight, ten. Oh, dang. Not, like, not enough, you know, yeah, than yeah, we yeah. were, right. you know, but it was little. And I remember okay, I'll take a sip because it's something special that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Like the, and it was sort of the whole forbidden thing, yeah. but just like, it was disgusting. It was like wild turkey and <laughs> <laughs> just gross things. You little know? kid use, like, eh. Yeah. But I love that, 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 um, you know, really cheap plywood cabinet that my uncle made that had grandpa's alcohol in it is like still around. Cause it hmm. makes me think, you know, I have that memory of hmm. that, that, but yeah. 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 Well, like my, I mean, my maternal grandparents are Christian scientists, so there's no alcohol in that scenario at all. Okay. Um, so my that's mom's a thing family. for all Christian scientists. There's no alcohol there. Right. No alcohol, I no caffeine, that. nothing that's going to alter oh. your state. Wow. So, um, 
but like doesn't sugar. Just, I was gonna say, or music, or yes, like you I could get really deep. Listen, I don't actually make the rules. <laughs> <laughs> We're already challenging Christian scientists. Call Mary Baker Eddy. Hey, and you can complain to her. No, yeah, if you're um, a Christian scientist, call us. Like, let's let's. Oh, talk. I would yeah. love to sit down and deep dive into Christian science with someone. That would make me incredibly happy because cool. I actually agree with a lot. I agree with a lot of it, which mm. is weird. Um, but. I just finally had this conversation with my grandmother. Anyway, tangent. Um, so my mom's family, there's just like her childhood and growing up and like around them. Like we drank a lot of Martinelli's at Christmas parties and that yeah. sort of thing because that was just what you did. Yep. But And then on my dad's uh, side of the family, like there have been struggles with addiction and alcohol and things like that. And so that was also kind of taboo on that side because mm-hmm. it was like, eh, yeah. we don't really want to go there. And um, those stories are not great. And so I had this weird fear around alcohol like for me like you either didn't drink or you were an alcoholic like there was mm. nothing in the middle there there's no casual yeah, drinking totally um and the guy i dated in high school like his family was one of those where like when he was a high school like they would let him have a glass of wine at thanksgiving or whatever because they were like this is not a big deal mm-hmm. which i now have come to the dark side and agree with but um <laughs> But it's interesting. He wound up being the person who walked with me through a lot of, like, unpacking my fear stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was with me the first time that we were at a party and a friend of mine had a beer. Uh, and I, like, saw her holding the beer and I just panicked. Mm. Like, I freaked out and I had to go hide in a bedroom because I was crying and I was yep. embarrassed that I was crying. Like, all of this anxiety around it. And I remember him coming in and being like, I don't understand what is happening to you right now at all and like trying to explain like you know sometimes having a beer like just helps me relax a little bit at a party or like just tastes good and it's no big deal like one beer is not the same as being blackout drunk which I didn't know like I didn't know what quantity of alcohol you needed to consume Mm. to well if you weren't seeing healthy I didn't know. And, like, my mom would occasionally have a a glass of wine. That was my Mm -hmm. only context, really, for drinking. And my parents now drink around us all of the time. Um, But they didn't when I was younger, except when we were on vacation. And I definitely remember my sister wanting to try a martini at one point. My dad being like, oh, yeah, absolutely, we're doing that. (laughs) Just because he wanted to see what happened to her. And that was entertaining. She was probably 13 or something at that point. So I enjoyed that very much. But... But yeah, so much mm. fear and so much anxiety and just this feeling of, of just being othered hugely because yeah. I, I was, everyone else was cool and I was so not cool. So not cool about it at all. The least cool. Yeah. No, maybe a little cooler than I. <laughs> I was maybe. probably the least. You weren't cool. around though, so. <laughs> we were probably the same amount you were of uncool. far away. Yeah. That's I comforting. can relate to that. And I didn't, when I was a kid, I don't. The only person that I am aware of and was aware of at that time being an alcoholic uh, was another a man in our church that I called Uncle Bill. And <gasps> Sorry, I had an Uncle Bill, too, who, was, who wasn't my real uncle. Yeah. They, he, and he was Uncle in our Bill church. Uncle Bill and Aunt Pat. Did they have and candy in their pockets, these Uncle Bills? I, you know, I don't remember, mm, but I think so. there were definitely it people that It sounds creepy that when did. I say that as I an know. adult. <laughs> well, and he, they just were like, you know, especially when you're the pastor's kids, like oh, yeah. everybody, it's you know, family. becomes very invested in your family. Yeah. And I did not realize, because I wasn't around when he was drinking, I didn't see that and I didn't recognize, you know, what the deal was. And when I was 
no, no, probably 10 or 11. I remember my dad coming in and waking me up mm-hmm. and telling me, like, I just wanted to let you know that, um, that Bill died in a car accident, mm-hmm. which I'm just thinking, okay, died in a car accident. Well, then I found out at the funeral, he had been down in Mexico. He'd gone down for a fishing trip, was drunk driving mm-hmm. and, uh, one car accident was killed. And it was so confusing. And because I th- saw it as like, well, you just don't get drunk. Like, I don't think I understood about what alcoholism was yeah. Yeah. because it was never really discussed. And I saw my parents drink wine, but, um, you know, that, that was no big deal. But I did then sort of associate it with a lack of control. So I always right. was like, I mean, when you're the pastor's kid anyway, everybody just thinks you're going to be like either you're super, super bad or you're a total goody two-shoes. Right, one or the other. And it was safer to be a goody two-shoes. I wasn't really necessarily completely, but that was sort of the persona that I let go out there because it gave me an excuse to not drink. But the biggest reason that I didn't was because of that fear. And I, when you were talking about seeing your friend drink, that gave me really high high anxiety as Mm -hmm. well because I felt like, well, they're what's going to happen like they're not in control and yeah yeah. and immediately like the minute the beer touches your lips yeah yeah Yeah. you lose all control totally (laughs) which also i being i mean for most of my life i've also been very concerned with being in control at all times because the stakes are very high Mm -hmm. when you grow up very religious and like it's all about your worth is centered around doing right so if you lose control of what you're doing you might lose your standing. Hell or in a handbasket, yeah. yeah. right? Like totally. immediately. So I, I have always been very concerned about being in control. Yeah. So that was also terrifying. The idea that like I could not be in control of my body or what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and letting go of that. Ooh, uh. Man, I'm trying to even like remember where my ideas about alcohol were shaped from because there just was nothing modeled. Like mm-hmm. just not. Which like, sometimes is just as. Uh, you know, just as effective as not having, you know, yeah. if you don't have Maybe. good modeling, you yeah. some media and like, yeah. I'm sure that there was, yeah. Like what I would have seen probably would have been like the, the drinking. I'm sure there was like a full house episode on, you know, very, spe- <laughs> right. very special episode on drinking, like, uh, or DJ you know, froze up in the DJ probably. Yeah. I yeah. remember the one where DJ like overexercised and like didn't eat. Me too. I that oh, one. that one. Like I was shaken. <laughs> like I was not okay with yeah, that yeah. episode. There were some good ones actually, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know where I know one thing, like one thing is coming to mind. My my papa um my grandfather uh volunteered at the mission, the rescue mission, the mm-hmm. the homeless shelter. Um I guess shelter. It was a big building in downtown Asheville. Um every week, every Tuesday night, he'd be down there and he'd be the one preaching and then also, oh, wow. you know, like serving and and doing all kinds of stuff. So we we got taken dragged along to that many times over the years and I do remember him pointing out people and then talking to us afterwards and saying like you know this is where you could end up like this is what these people have addictions like these people have you know and that like that was that kind of that was the reason really the only reason I think he ever gave for explaining why folks were in this situation that Mm -hmm. we were we were seeing on a, on a semi-regular basis with him. So I, I, there was definitely some fear, I think, that came from that. But yeah, other than that, like I, nothing was ever modeled for me at all until right. the schnapps in high school. So yeah. So was your perception that they were there because they chose to be, because of decisions they made, not because of an illness or oh, yeah. lack of... You know, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, because yeah. that's, that's a 
yeah. judgmental. I mean, that yes. I felt judgmental. Like looking back when I realized how judgmental I was to absolutely you know, my friends completely. But, and yeah, yeah, but yeah I, had not, I had not been. I didn't know. I, I had never been taught alcoholism could be a disease. Right. Like that right. was never a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was always a choice, like you yeah. said. Um, right. So yeah, I totally had a lot of judgment around it. And in college, had that saying, oh man, I was like the most judgmental. Becky, my friend Becky, who's been on this podcast, I think she actually told some stories about it, but like she would vouch for how like... How judgy. I think, I, I, and, and hopefully how far I've come in that because like, man, I just would judge left and right for all kinds of things, but certainly for alcohol because that was yeah. freshman year yeah. of college, man. Yeah. In Tennessee, you're out there drinking some whiskey for sure. So, except for me, not me. Right. You. <laughs> I never yeah. did. Do you remember the first yeah. time you got drunk? Yes, I do. That was going to be <laughs> my question you? for you guys too. Yeah. I was 22. Oh, wow. That's like a good normal age, yeah. I feel like. like 20, 21 or 22. That's I like, been... I'm pretty impressed with you, actually. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm reordering things. I may have been 20, actually. <gasps> I know. Very impressive. Pre-legality. I know. Um, although uh, nothing's really making sense, probably because I was drunk. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) all right. So it's family vacation. Uh, every two years, my mom's side of the family does the giant, like rent a beach house, all the cousins. There's like 12 or 13 of us. I don't even know. Um, you know, all the aunts and uncles. So just 25, 30 people crammed into a beach house. Um, and Okay, no, I was probably 21 or 22 because now I'm re- realizing I had to fly back to Reno. So I was living in Reno. I was definitely 21. We found you on the timeline. Thank you. Yep. So I, my, I was flying back to Reno after this family vacation and I, and I went via my uncle who lived in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I was flying out of Raleigh. I stayed with him the night before I flew out. Um, my uncle is uh, like, he was the cool uncle, right? Mm-hmm. He, he was always the one who like... He was the cool one, but he was also like the like early apostate, you know, like mm. he was the one we were right. praying for in the family, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is me now, I'm sure. Um, but but um, uh, uh, Uncle Tim, he needed Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, Uncle Tim, I'm not gonna say anything too devastating about you. But um, Uncle Tim, we yeah. like you best, probably. It's fine. Oh, I loved Uncle Tim. We all loved Uncle Tim. Um, he he was just yeah, he was totally the best. So I'm with him, his girlfriend, and then like. Oh, and his girlfriend's, it may have been his wife at that time, um, brother. So there's four of us okay. at my uncle's house. He had a beautiful house in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're out on the back patio and the wine starts flowing. And it's like really the first time I've had more than a glass of, probably probably more than Anything? a glass of schnapps. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I do remember that the four of us went through eight bottles of wine. Ooh. I don't know how much of that I had. I'm sure I didn't have like, you know, two bottles worth. But, my, yeah, my first time getting drunk was on red wine. You like did yeah. it. Yeah. You were in. Yeah. yeah. And I remember specifically thinking, sitting across the table, just like it was a table just like this out on the back patio, and thinking, oh, like, I, this isn't, nothing's going on for yeah. me. Like, this isn't that bad. I'm just having a really good time. Right. Just super relaxed. Yeah. And then I stood up to help clear the plates. <laughs> and I almost broke the dishes and walk. fell over. Weird. Yeah. So yeah. Heidi, his, his, uh, again, I don't know if she was wife or girlfriend at this point, but, um, looked at me and, and, and I was like, what? Like I, I'm, I'm like looking for her for uh, at her for reassurance. I'm like, what, what's happening? What's going on? She's like, I know, honey. Like we've had a lot to drink, 
And so that was that, that was the first time I ever felt it. And man, it scared the crap yeah. out of me. Did they yeah. recognize that it was your first time? No, over I don't think I. I think I. I think I was probably trying to play it cool. Yeah, like, oh yeah, I totally like this is something I do all the yeah, time. Right, Have yeah. wine at dinner, like yeah. bottles and bottles of wine. Yeah. Um. So. Oof. This is, so I may go back and edit this out later. Um, Please this, don't. Well, I don't even know where we're going. Please don't. I know, right? No, I'm just, I'm like the rest of that night. This was like, like I wrote songs of repentance about this night because I felt. Oh, so- I think that's what this episode needs to end on. I, I, I um, you guys, you guys. Person, and it's just the best thing. Oh, I just love you. It's so funny. I so it, because it didn't end with the alcohol, and this is why for a long time, even after this incident, I associated alcohol with just like the worst of the things. <laughs> I couldn't sleep <laughs> after everybody went to bed. I couldn't sleep, so I was just kind of wandering around my uncle's house. I found, <laughs> sorry, Uncle Tim. Sorry, I Tim. found his porn stash. <laughs> I, I, this was another thing that I had beyond like the slow loading AOL images that were they like you know they would load yeah, like pixel by pixel like you're just waiting for it to get to the good stuff. Um, I had never seen like you know filmed sex before. Yeah. I don't think right. I don't think I had. Um, maybe I had I, no because in college I probably had done some stuff anyway. Um, but this was like full on like you know produced like by a studio porn and right. I watched. The whole thing. Like, right. I watched a whole thing of porn in my uncle's living room. I watched an entire porn thing. I watched an entire porn, you guys, in my uncle's living room. What a whole porn. <laughs> Where he could have, like, anybody could have walked in. Like, uh, and. Okay, I have to stop you right here and ask. Yeah. Okay, he, you're talking wife, girlfriend, so he's clearly straight. Oh, uncle's straight. So, therefore, the porn must have been as the well. The porn was straight. And yet it kept your attention uh, well, for an entire like morbid curiosity. Uh, okay, I don't I haven't watched a ton of straight porn in my day. Yeah. Like that was the first, you know, f- probably the first straight porn I'd ever seen. I was shocked. <laughs> I was do that? absolutely <laughs> shocked that my uncle watched this because yeah. I was like, there's so much dick in this. Like <laughs> it was just everywhere. We know what this really is. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. I mean, and there was even a, I remember I a, <laughs> Let's get into the specifics. <laughs> yes. I remember there was like a tag team with two dudes and one yeah. woman. And I'm like, there's yeah. more dick wow. than there is like like the other, you know, the girl stuff. Yeah, that's and, a highly suspicious ratio. Right? <laughs> For straight porn? It was so bizarre to me. But I watched the whole thing. I, the next morning, I had to fly back to Reno, Nevada. Mm-hmm. With a hangover. Cross country with a red wine hangover. My, not just a red wine hangover. My first red wine yeah. hangover mm-hmm. that was probably close to two bottles of wine. I was miserable yeah. for like three days. Yeah. I was, I felt ill about the alcohol. I felt ill about the porn. I like just hated myself. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. Like, and like I said, I wrote songs about it. Plus so, that first time you don't know what to do to like start to get over that. To make oh, it, yeah, no, you no. know, I didn't, I didn't like, know to drink put, water. Yeah, yeah exactly. nothing. I knew yeah. nothing. Yeah. I just kept that barf bag close to me in Aww. this, in my plane seat. Like, yeah, it was it was awful. It was an absolutely like terrifying, horrible experience <laughs> in, the, in the aftermath. So, for a long time, I, you know, alcohol was so off limits for me. <laughs> What's going on, Karen? <laughs> you have such a face right now. I've never been hungover, so I. Whoa, what? <laughs> what? 
Really? I'm just realizing I don't have context for this. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know if I, I should be shocked or like super impressed. Well, okay, there are many factors in play here. Yeah, let's hear. Um, one is like the Irish part of me is strong. So mm, like okay. I can take a handful of Vicodin and then like be fine and function well. <laughs> like it is hard to affect me uh, with substances of any kind. Um, and so like especially before I had Fable... Like, I could drink a decent amount and not feel much of anything. Mm. Um, after Fable, my tolerance took a nosedive. But, again, the control thing is so strong in me that I'm pretty aware of that. Mm. So I'm pretty good at being, like, yeah. one or two. Plus, if you're the one or two drink girl, your life is a hell of a lot cheaper. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can nurse one glass of wine. Yeah. I, I'm actually notorious for nursing one glass of yep. wine for hours. And yeah. my mom's joke is she will ask me repeatedly, are you done with this? Are you done with this? Are you done with this? Because it takes me so long to drink a drink. Yeah. Um, but I distinctly remember like the first time that I even felt tipsy like the first time that i felt alcohol um i was on a cruise ship which is a great place (laughs) everything moves and you're like i don't have a clue what's going on actually (laughs) what's what is this um it was after noel and i were married so it's like within the last six or seven years Mm. um and i remember like getting onto an elevator and being like oh i kind of feel a little fuzzy like i feel fuzzy yeah fuzzy feeling oh Oh, <laughs> oh, I see. That's what this is. Um, so even in like the last couple of years, like I've been, I've had enough to drink that I can feel it. And that like, you know, there's that like sort of layer of fuzz that comes over the top of a conversation and you're like, mm. oh, look, I'm delayed slightly. That's fun and neat. But I still have never been drunk enough that I like lose any sort of sense of the timeline or yeah. memory or feel sick at all or wake up the next day feeling it. In any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So. Hey. Can you enjoy that fuzzy, that slightly fuzzy yes, feeling? I can, yeah. but really only within like the last two years. Before yeah. that, it would have just panicked yeah. me because I would have been like, oh God, oh God, oh yeah. God. Lack of control. Not acceptable. Yeah. I have to maintain. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot lose control. Yeah. So, um, yeah, now I can, but only like in the right circumstances with the right people. Right. Otherwise right. then like that anxiety. Yeah. Kicks right in again. So. Yeah. Yeah, so in that way, like, I'm still a baby a little bit. So. Right on. Yeah, look at that. Still exciting. got ground to cover. I know. <laughs> God, I've got places to go in life. <laughs> I haven't tapped out at 35. Or not, <laughs> exactly. What's funny is, like, I don't have, like, it's not something that I have really, like, intentionally avoided at this point in my life mm-hmm. at all. It's just, it just has a combination happened. of factors. Yeah. It's just yeah. never, it's never come into play. So, Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Sorry. All right, Kristen. What about you? Do you remember the first time? I do. Yeah. I was with my on-again, off-again boyfriend, Michael Jackson. (laughs) Great name. Right. I know another, I know a Michael Jackson that's not Michael Jackson too. (laughs) Hopefully it's not this. I I imagine there are many. (laughs) I'm sure there are quite a few. This is a Michael Devlin Jackson. I I doubt it's the same. I cannot picture you with my Michael Jackson. (laughs) Like, that just doesn't, it's not going to work. When we were in eighth grade, he was already 6'2". By 10th oh, hey. grade, he was 6'4". This six, is four. not the same Michael wow. Jackson. He had kind of this, like, blonde fro deal until, like, junior year, and then he cut mm. it all off. But, but so we this were, is 10th grade? Uh, yeah, this was 10th grade. And we 
were with some friends of his, and I, that, I'm fuzzy on who that was. <laughs> there were like two or three other people, and I'm pretty sure they were his friends, not like our mm. friends. Wait, so do you just tell people casually in conversation that you dated Michael Jackson? I do say? not, but my children do. Yeah, nah. they think it's really yeah. funny. Okay, that was yeah. funny. I just needed to. Yeah, know. go ahead. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing how many people go the no, no. come Honestly. on, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but we were at Crown Point. We had been up at Kate Sessions mm-hmm. Park because, you know, you go at night, yeah. you can overlook all, you know, the city and stuff. And we got run out of there by the cops because <laughs> they do that because high school students hang out up there. And so we went down to Crown Point and somewhere in that whole evening, somebody pulled out a, a bag with a bunch of Budweiser in it. And I was like, because mm, mm, the control thing right, right. and yeah. the like, I don't really know these people and I'm a good girl and good girls don't do these kinds of things, especially with people. Had I just been with Michael, I probably would have been a little bit more comfortable. Sure. But I also didn't want to like be the nerdy one yeah. or be the like, I didn't want to embarrass him. I didn't want to embarrass myself. So I'm like, well, forget it. I'm just going to, you know, drink. I don't even think I had three entire beers, but mm-hmm. that got me drunk. Mm-hmm. I mean, still at this point, if I drink three beers, I'm drunk. Mm-hmm. I just don't drink enough to, I've never built up a tolerance, but, um, I was really drunk and didn't want to say anything cause I didn't know how it was supposed to feel. So I knew I was drunk, but I didn't know how drunk I was. I had nothing to compare it to, mm-hmm. to like, you know, and I wasn't driving or anything. And honestly, I don't even remember. I remember we were sitting on the grass and drinking and then thinking like, oh, wow, this grass is kind of moving. You know? <laughs> and like, oh, and I knew what was going on, but I don't remember how the rest of the evening went. I mean, I don't think I blacked out or anything. I think it was just insignificant. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it was not a comfortable feeling right. at all. And I don't remember getting drunk again in high school. Mm. Like that was just not, I was, I would maybe have, you know, one drink that I didn't really finish, but I was going to be the one that I, I presented myself as the person who would babysit the mm. others. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's not that I didn't care about what the others were, were doing. Um, I did. And the, the friend that I, my friend from school that I hung out with the most, I will not say her name in case she does hear this, but she, uh, is in recovery from drugs Mm. and alcohol. And at that point was really a mess. Mm. Um, and so it was more about, Oh, I can just like take care of these other people. Um, and that gave me an excuse not to, but it really was, it was the lack of control and the, I knew I would get in trouble. (laughs) with my parents obviously if that ever you know and I don't know how much of that was on a it was never presented to me like oh we shouldn't drink because god like that was never church that was never a thing it was just I was supposed to be a good girl Mm -hmm. you know I was supposed to be uh the one who who didn't do things you're not that are forbidden so right um but yeah that that was that was not and then i i started having babies so young that i i was always either pregnant or breastfeeding or whatever mm. so there yeah. wasn't a lot of drinking yeah. for like even through my 20s right. um because i just you know when you have young kids you can't 
you can't, well, you could, but it yeah. would be a terrible and idea. Well, now there's the whole like mommy wine culture thing. Yeah. Like, and that was a not deal now. a yeah. thing. And the other wives that we were military and the other wives were generally quite a bit older than me. So yeah. I never really fit in anyway. So it's not like I had like my crew or, right. you know, and was, everyone on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really only been more. Um, and then, oh, I should mention I was married for 20 years to not alcoholic so mm. like raging alcoholic so there's that so mm. there's that yeah. yeah um so of course that affected like oh no i have to be in control mm. because i'm in danger at all times yeah. and so i need to like be able to you know navigate that uh, yeah what's yeah. it like for you attending bar like having lived in that experience it's interesting yeah. um it you know we definitely I'm going to very specifically not say where I work. Sure. Um, I mean, people who know me know, but um, there are are people uh, that we see that we recognize are alcoholics that, sure. that they have. Like we know, and it's um, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think anybody who tends bar or works at a liquor store or anything like you know who is there every day, only choosing the really high ABV right. beers and you know whatever. Um, now that I'm in, in down in this area, I'm seeing more like, you know, people who are, are bar hopping. Mm-hmm. So I'm not seeing the people who are there for hours at a time. I'm seeing like yeah. a drink and then mm-hmm. they're going on somewhere else. And obviously it's very different on the weekends because people that are drinking to get drunk. Right. Then. Yeah. Um, which is, which is interesting. I do, um, frequent the bar that my son is a bartender at because I know everybody there too. And I can just sit and have dinner and whatever. And so it's always kind of interesting. I did this last night, kind of watch, you know, everybody else. And you definitely see people using it to uh, the people who are next to me sitting at the bar yesterday. I'm pretty sure we're on a first date Mm. and just sort of, you know, you could tell they were drinking to sort of loosen up. They're trying to get to know each other. And I kind of like that. Like I like the feeling of being a little bit tipsy. Right. I hate the feeling of being super drunk and I absolutely hate hangovers so much. Same. And I, I always sit and think about, like last night, I didn't finish my beer because I thought, oh, I haven't had enough water today. <laughs> like yeah. I always am assessing how dehydrated might I be right now? What have right. I had to eat? How much? What time do I have to be up tomorrow? Like I can't relax and not think about the consequences. Hmm. You know. That said, um, my friend and I are going out Saturday night to uh, celebrate his birthday that is this week and already you know we're going down to liberty station for dinner and for a movie and everything and already like i'm looking forward to that i know we're gonna drink Mm -hmm. already we'll just uber down well i'm looking forward to that relaxing Mm. um but this is because i'm planning it i can control how much i can decide how many i'm gonna have ahead of time that it has to be very in controlled and I don't feel the need to control anybody else, but I, I feel the need to control myself. So sometimes when I'm obviously I can't over serve anyone that's illegal and we have to be constantly assessing. Oh, interesting. You know, yeah, I actually don't know. I don't know that. That, that that's so it's thing. not only illegal to serve someone who is underage, but there are really dire consequences if you serve someone who has, we call it over-serving, somebody who already is inebriated or you even suspect that they are. Really? And if there is an accident and somebody is hurt or something, you can be prosecuted. You're the owner of your place of employment. can't. I mean, it's really serious. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's very so strict. What are the, at I mean, least how, in California. Yeah. How do you, what are the well, criteria? And like, that's how do the you, thing. That's yeah. the thing that's hard is, you know, you're taught things to, to look for, um, obviously things like, are they slurring their speech mm-hmm. or are they, you know, even that though gets a little weird because sometimes people will come in and maybe they have a thick accent. English is not their first language mm-hmm. or something. And it kind of you're sort of like eh, accent or tipsy, Ooh, yeah. I, or, and that's weird. You Jeez, know, you yeah. have to to pay yeah. attention to are they teetering at all when they walk up mm-hmm. to you. It's easier if it's a group that's been there for a while and you can sort of you see the progression at or you know. Yeah. Right. But when people are coming in North Park in this area, oh, they're shit. showing up. Yeah. You don't know how many bars they've already been at, totally. and so you have they might be coming in already drunk, and that happens. They yeah. do on the weekends. We have a door guy and that's a little bit easier because he's super great really good at like spotting that kind of of stuff and so he will come up and say okay this group that's coming up don't serve the guy in the plaid shirt like he and sometimes people get mad and we just go hey we can get like you know we can get prosecuted for this so it's the way it is this is so fascinating because i'm thinking of the so I, i had a period of my life where i would i went out specifically with friends specifically to get drunk yeah like just because that's what that's what we you would do. do. Yeah. Um, and I'm just trying to think of, I don't think I was ever turned away ever. And a lot of places don't. And I, <clears throat> I've been overserved at bars. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, by people I know and by people I don't know. I mean, I've never, I've also never like gotten ridiculous with my behavior. I, I don't think like, yeah. I, I, I'm not, right. I'm, not a, I'm not a fighter. I mean, I'm, a, I'm verbal, I guess, but, um, yeah, I've never, well, I've never been in a fight. I've never, yeah. Wanna... I just dance. I just want to dance. <laughs> but you know you also want to sort of weigh what they're how they're getting around that night yeah. as well right you sure. know and people sometimes will often will, will share like oh we're totally on foot tonight or mm. you know we ubered or yeah. and sometimes you see them coming up getting out of an uber or something right. and you still can't overserve them right. legally like right. that there is no you know there, there's no little byline that like oh as long as they're not driving give right. me as much as they want mm-hmm. um but yeah there's a lot to to take into wow. consideration for sure yeah that's so interesting i have like i feel like i have a lot of questions for my boyfriend now he's yeah know, he he's, would definitely be able to speak yeah, to it he's yeah beer tender and brewer yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah did not know this um so jumping back to something you said liking the feeling of being tipsy yeah and like finding the places where there's an actual purpose and use and like something helpful about the alcohol like that's that's interesting that's an interesting conversation to me because well so again i'm trying to track my own experience with alcohol i i in my 20s when i was i had started a church here in san diego with a group of people um, and I was kind of on this journey to figure out a lot of my identity issues. And part of that was, like, there was a crew of us. Yeah. Not even really. It just, it wasn't that regular. But there was a crew of us that, that <laughs> I remember when the, you were talking about Budweiser was your, fir- <laughs> your first. I remember when the uh, Lima. only go up from there. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> the Limeritas. Do you remember the Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> The Budweiser Limeritas, which are probably still a thing. Um, and They're then they, still a thing. They Only in, like, out, Tennessee. Yeah, and they came on all the flavors. Yeah. Pomeritas and mm-hmm. Cranberitas. Guys, and, I still like Bud Light Lime. I'm not going to lie. Hey, like, yeah. in the hey, summertime, you 
whatever you like. It's cheap. Whatever you like. It's cheap and it's cheap. It's cold. Mm-hmm. Shoot. It's like drinking water, so you can yeah. drink lots of it. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's hot outside. Whatever. Yeah. So I guess, like, I'm, well, question one, like, is there a place for that specific type of an experience? You're, you're with your crew. It's a Friday night. You want to get drunk. You want to yeah. dance, and you want to get drunk. Like, like yeah. that's something that you're out for and yeah. after. I mean, I, I, there was a period of my life where that was the thing I did, and... I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know that I have strong feelings about it one way or the other. I mean, I, I just remember I had a lot of fun. I had a lot yeah. of fun during, right. yeah. during that, during those times. Um, very occasionally still, I might, I'm like, that might be yeah. a scenario, like pride weekend. You know, like, I was right. going to say the last, I was trying to think of the last time I was just really shit faced yeah. drunk and it was pride. Yeah. It was last pride. Yeah. Uh, it was bad. I mean, I was throwing up by like five o'clock that mm-hmm. day. Yeah. That is, yeah, that did me in. It was fun. The parts I remember were fun. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, but I guess, I, I guess I that's the, it's kind of like being, being the, the beer tender where you have yeah. to kind of assess people. Like you, you have to do that for yourself at some All point. The time. Yeah. You have to be yeah. that, that grown up for yourself. Well, and that's the reality. Like there are numbing tools in abundance all over the place. Yes. Yeah. Right. So like you can, I mean, there are addictions that are demonstrably harmful for people that mm-hmm. we, you can point out and say, okay, this is yeah. obviously like you are incapacitated. You're trying to drive a vehicle. Like these things are bad. We can mm-hmm. ban you. But I think the reality is, like, you're either using substances for avoidance and numbing, Mm. whether that's alcohol or food or relationship or, like, we can come up with any Mm -hmm. way to numb, right? 100%. Or you're not, you know? And, like, and I think that keeping an eye on that balance and having both this... I think it's a combination of having community around you that can help you identify if that's because I think a lot of times we don't have the self-awareness to really identify when we are numbing. Like that's a pretty tall order. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think having, you know, like just trying to be mindful of the purpose of what you're doing. If you're anytime you're avoiding life, right. In one way or the other. That's very fair. Yeah. But at the same time, like, because I can remember both. I can totally remember mm-hmm. the nights when it was just like, it's the weekend, we're 28, like, right. let's go. Be. We are young. Let's set the world on fire. Yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are yeah, young. You're welcome. That's going to never leave your um, life. We can't sing it. We, don't have, we haven't paid for the rights. Um, oh, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> I'm always singing things. That I know I you are for. in the background. I'm going to get us sued. Sorry, um, everyone. <laughs> like three seconds or something don't yeah you? i think we do i okay. think there's, there's like and i'm pretty a, sure that like you can make a case for my terrible like <laughs> cinderella singing of something not actually being a fair representation Aww, of the song it's beautiful i love it in its own way sing it sing it sister um yeah there's both i have i have instances of both and i can specifically remember times when i was like i even as something as little as i had a shit day you know yeah. i had a shit day and i need to like numb it I need to get away from it versus the, I can't wait to be with my friends. We're going to dance. We're going to, it's just going to be a a night when we're out. Like that's what we're here for. Like that's a very different like setup. Right. Um, And I don't know, I don't know if I have like a moral objection to occasional numbing either. Like Mm. I I don't know if I feel like it's morally wrong to like have a bad day and be like, whatever, fuck (laughs) this. I'm going to go drink tonight. But there's a difference between have a glass of wine at the end of a bad day and like, 
have three bottles get of wine. Face. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, and I think chronic numbing yeah. then becomes, like, yeah. you can also, like, binge on mac and cheese for a weekend and, like, <laughs> live to tell the well, tale. But then if yeah. you get to, like, chronic binging on yeah. only eating How mac and cheese, you then know? you start to go, this is my vice, too. Is my vice? Um, Are you watching me? <laughs> I just know things. I just know that. Um, but yeah, it's that, that chronic, the yeah. dependency, I mean, and you can be dependent on just, but that, I mean, you could also make a fair case for alcohol being poison, technically. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I mean, to, to, yeah. from a health standpoint, like in, I understand the doses, yeah, yeah. people who do not drink for sure. Like, I think it's a perfectly reasonable. But then what about the health benefits that they say? Well, that too, and right? I know like there was wine. just an yeah. article that I only saw the headline for and didn't actually click talk on. About, talk about it like you know it. <laughs> you know? But it was saying, It's 2018. Well, the funny thing is, I saw, I I saw it and I was like, oh, I should go back and look at that. And then I overheard somebody else bringing it up. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I really have to go back. And then didn't think about it again until right now. But it was saying something about, oh, sorry, people who drink every day, it's actually not good for you. And oh, I when saw somebody this too. said it, the other person was like, well, wait, I thought having a glass of red wine every day was good for your heart. And I just kind of at that point went, I'm going to stick with that. Right. <laughs> like, not that <laughs> I have a glass of wine every day because I, do, I really don't. I drink maybe once or maybe twice a week. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, right now anyway. Um, but, I, yeah, I think if you're keeping it in moderation, yeah. I, you know, there are good and bad. And really, um, like I was thinking about sort of things that you can do or consume or whatever that will that you do and you know that they're going to affect your mood and your state of mind I was thinking about I can't remember what concert it was that we were at but I'm pretty sure it was at Casbah and there was something we saw oh William Fitzsimmons is that who you know where I'm going with this when he they came out yeah okay (gasps) oh I know see I I get that like warm fuzzy feeling thinking about that experience and it was amazing it was wait guys (laughs) you have to actually tell the story the rest of us weren't there i speak for the people oh god the artist is william fitzsimmons he has a hat and a beard and he sings and just just we like this sort of like like melancholy folksy types of things yeah sure yeah it's just a guitar and he sings what's the story so he he take he comes off of the microphone because you i mean you can barely hear him on the microphone sometimes like he's just it's just like Quiet. this yeah quiet. whispery yeah you, it's the kind of music that you have to lean into mm-hmm. so he comes out into the audience yeah yeah and just we on were the just floor like standing in like in the middle yeah so Aww. he came to us yeah he came right to us Aww. and so I mean yeah we're just as like close as we are and what the, his guitarist or something so it's Matthew and I are across from each other, and then the two of them are across from each other. It's the four of us huh. in a little circle, and then everybody else, else is just Aww. all around. Yeah. And we are, and we're looking at each other like, "Oh my god, mm-hmm. we're having this moment." And it's one of those where you're like, "I don't want this ever to end mm-hmm. right, at all," stay, stay. because it was just so. And you sort of get that like mm. wash over you, of, you know, and and you know, like anybody who loves music, like there are just certain things that you know, that, that will touch you in, in whatever way you need to be touched. Yeah. And I know when I have, if I've had a bad day or I've, sometimes I'm like, I've had a bad day let me put on really depressing music and just fall Absolutely. into it for a little 100%. while. Yeah. Other times I'm like, nope, give me that super upbeat, like get me out of it. 
and yeah, maybe it doesn't have the exact same health things, but it does have a chemical reaction in your brain. It does affect yeah. what's going on. Sure. So that can still, but nobody ever talks about that being good or bad, yeah. you know, things like that. So yeah, that moment was fully enhanced absolutely oh, yeah. by, by whatever. I mean, we, we hadn't had a lot to drink. No, maybe two, one drink or two yeah, one or two I drinks mean, nothing, max, yeah. Yeah. but, but the adrenaline hormonal having, mayhem. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of this, <laughs> this high. Yeah, oh. that's what it was because we were already amazed that we were there, yeah. amazed that we were close. And then when they came in, it was almost like they're like, you two. We're yes. going to have a moment with just oh, you two. Right. That was so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that, I've had so many experiences like that at the Casbah, actually. Yeah. That place is so it's magical. Amazing. The, it's wind amazing. In, the wind and the wave. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. I'm like, where can we go to the Casbah? Yeah. It's right? so good. Well, like, I mean, life is about figuring out what coping mechanisms work for you, right? Mm-hmm. And like, which ones you can use healthfully and which ones you can't. And like, we all have different stuff that we can do that's healthy and stuff that we other people can do that we can't for mm-hmm. whatever reason yeah. it's like, well I just can't do this kids and I think that like I mean the reality is it's going to look different for everybody right yeah like, every single person is going to have different limits on different things and that's where yeah like, I distinctly remember my friends when I wasn't drinking in college like um hanging out at parties and hanging out with my friends who were all very heavy drinkers and it wasn't a judgment thing for me. I envied them, I think, more than anything. Like, I was so jealous of their ability to just let go and be carefree and not be thinking about who is like, I would put them in rooms and I would have to plan, like, don't put these two in a room together because, like, shit will go down. <laughs> so you have to put this one over here. And then someone would start crying over there. And I was carrying all of that. I'd be in these house parties managing like everyone's emotional stuff and I would just come home my friend Nick um I don't know if Nick listens to this podcast Nick if you listen to this podcast I love you um my friend Nick holds his alcohol well (laughs) so he would drink but he would be the only one who was still like upright and with me at the end of that and we were just the parents of um college but that was like I was everybody's mom like it can be a lonely place and it was so lonely but it was also so much my identity being the Uh person upon whom everyone could depend and being the person that everyone cried to and the person but I also like played games with them which was really fun (laughs) we played hat frisbee once which was good hat frisbee (laughs) yeah we were in this house we had a house party in a house that somebody was moving into so there's no furniture and there was a like a balcony and it was like a sea of drunken humans. Like everyone's wasted. It's 3 a.m. at a college party. And my friend was wearing a hat and I just went up on the balcony and I was like, catch the hat. And I just started throwing the hat and everyone was trying to catch it with their head. And this went on oh for God. a really long time. Nice. And it was delightful. Like I had some great fun arranging them and doing things, convincing them that eating carrots would make them smarter. And... See, I never had that experience at all. I yeah. always just resented being... I remember being... <laughs> One time being at the Navy ball and I was like eight months pregnant with my daughter. So I'm 26, 27. And of course I'm not drinking cause I'm eight months pregnant mm-hmm. and every, the entire wardrobe was just completely plastered. Uh, most notably my husband at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember just sitting at the table and watching all of them and they're having a blast. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, this is not fun. Mm. This is not fun yeah. at all. I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. Just yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I loved it. I loved being at yeah. those parties. I had fun with them and I don't know. I was jealous of them. Yeah. But like I love I loved all of them so much and I had so much respect for them. And like it was it was such a weird like my judgment is so weird because I didn't have any for them. 
but I would have judged myself so harshly. Isn't that yeah. a weird exactly. thing? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel it. Yeah. yeah. Same way. But man, I love those memories. I love like all of the drunken confessions and like the <laughs> tearful conversations and like I had the best conversations with mm. some of my friends and like I will always forever be looking at them and like hearing See, those conversations. that's part of the reason why I don't like to be, that part of my being in control is I know I will start talking. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why I haven't that's been able to. I've always been carrying like all of these yeah. like secret identity things throughout yeah. my life that yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't be my actual self. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm always trying to keep that from coming yeah. out. Uh, which is... Hmm. So what did they, how did they see you and your abstinence of alcohol? Like... They were... I had... A mag- I've been blessed throughout my life with these periods of magical groups of friends. And this was one of those yeah. just like they loved me and they just no one ever gave me a hard time. There was never a moment of peer pressure. There was never any teasing like they just like, oh, you don't. Great. Let's give you a hug. Also, you're driving. Come on, let's go, you know? And it was just like, that was my role. And I never felt like an outsider except for my own jealousy of their ability to like, just be cool. Um, But no, they were, and I, and that hasn't always been the case. I have been in situations where I have felt very othered and very peer pressured and all of those things. But um, no, college was just this magical, like they just, I just fit in with their whole thing. I just, they just let me fit in and be there and be yeah. the stone cold sober one who was cleaning up and putting everybody in rooms. Like that was just what I did. And I think it was probably useful. Like it was oh, probably sure. a nice like insurance policy to know yeah. that I was there yeah. and like picking up breakfast sandwiches. Um, <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. But it was great. I mean, I, that being needed as a the two part of me Mm -hmm. on the Enneagram like that feeling of being needed Mm. is a big yeah that's a big identity piece for me so in a way that was a place where I knew I could thrive because I knew how to be helpful and I knew how to take care of people and like I'm all about that I will show up for that all day long Mm. yes let me be the caretaker of everyone yeah I don't there's I don't have peer pressure stories either yeah but I wonder if it's because if we're going with the Enneagram, I wonder if it's because I'm an eight and I peer pressure just does not work on me. It just generally is not a thing. That's why you're never going to watch Doctor Who. <laughs> Except for Catherine Tate. I want to see Catherine yeah, Tate. Yeah, she's going to be the Shambord and Sprite of Doctor Who. <laughs> Shambord and Sprite. Um, yeah, well, so, so reeling it back from, you know, the full blackout drunk type of drinking... I absolutely love, and from, I would say, the ma- the majority of heathen episodes, like, there's been a glass of wine involved. Like, yeah. I love that looseness. I love yeah, that it... absolutely. That it, that it contribute. It, I feel like it contributes. Right. Yeah, it's a part of the experience. Yep. Making things easier, making things... So, now, now, like, I'm 36 now, and am I? No, I'm 35. I'm still only 35, <laughs> you guys. I turned 36 this month. When's your birthday? Um, I'm not saying on the podcast. Um, Why? Because uh, it's not a thing. I, That's uh, weird. What are we going to do? It's Google definitely you? a thing. <laughs> no, I just... You, I'm not... you were born. <laughs> there is I don't, a birthday. I'm not, I don't, <laughs> he's not even here. I don't like to I celebrate my birthday with you know my close friends. That's, that's just right. what I do. I'm okay. not, I'm not like okay. a big old... <laughs> anyway, one time, I, one year I was. Actually, this involved alcohol. I'm sorry. I have a hair in my mouth. <laughs> I can't find it. I just keep feeling it. Um... So when I turned 29, 
Yes. The world was supposed to end on my birthday. Oh. Do you remember oh. Harold Camping? Remember, well, now remember we can that figure dude? Figure out when your birthday is. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's May 21st. All right. So, um, <laughs> fuck it. Uh, uh, the world was going to end on May 21st, whatever the year was when I turned 29. I, I'm not good at math. Um, so that was also the year that Britney Spears' Dance Until the World Ends <laughs> was a big hit. So my best friend Joshua, who's been on this podcast, um, and I... Well, I, I I threw I threw a dance until the world ends party because hello, like, like right. literally the world is yeah. ending tonight. Perfection. I, it's my it's my last year of my twenties. I'm gonna go out with a bang. So I dressed up as like a I don't really know how to describe it. It was like a like a kind of a pimp without a gender, like or okay. a pimp with both genders, maybe. Like I had tights on and like fishnet stuff, but also like Are there pictures of this somewhere? Yeah, there okay. are. I think they should go on. <laughs> they <were not>. <laughs> They've never been <laughs> posted. We need to start doing like a show notes. Right? <laughs> no, I definitely think. Yeah, they've never I, yeah. I will show you guys after this episode's over, nice but they've never been posted. Um and then Joshua dressed up as Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> Also great. Oh, and we went around the town. We did. We totally did the North Park bar, yeah. bar crawl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, started at West Coast, and yeah. um, man, that was a good night. We did dance until, and the world did not end. Shocker! I know. We well, asked every bar we went to, "Will you please play Britney Spears' Dance Until It's My Birthday? Will you please play this song?" Did any of them? Oh, they all did. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we come. We can you come and dress like Britney yeah, and and wearing fishnet and like eyeliner? I will do it for you now if you come in. <laughs> You just you got to come in on Sundays. I'm trying to figure yeah. out how we can justify this as an episode. Actually, I feel like we completely can. Just like it'll like be the anti-modesty episode. episode. Like we can just there dress slutily and go, go about town. Yeah. It's perfect. Oh, it was um, fun. I don't know why I'm telling this story, but it was fun. What was I saying before that? Anything of, an intro, of of significance? Before it was Probably. your birthday. Anything of import? What were you talking about? Before it was your birthday, you're talking about your 35. Oh, oh, so I'm talk, yeah, I'm talking about just how so. How alcohol, the, just, we've talked about the little, the light buzz, the lean, yeah. leaning into yeah. the good feel. Um, now, there is something I, th- I found, it's weird. My anxiety has transitioned as mm. I've gotten older, and mm-hmm. I still have it, but it's it's now in these social, it's mostly mm-hmm. in social settings where I don't care, it's, it's weird because, like, I, I'm, I don't care about um, fitting in, I, 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 it's not, my anxi- anxiety doesn't stem from yeah. the what you might think it does when you're in a social setting with people. I actually don't know why I don't know why I feel very anxious, but I do know that I will go to the alcohol as a, mm, as yeah. a, as a, to take the edge off. Right. Totally. Um, and it's usually just really large groups. My roommates, Lord love them. I love my roommates. They both listen to this podcast. Hi guys. Hey. Um, uh, they like a good house party and like yeah. a house party. <clears throat> that's, you know, yeah. Goes until the wee hours. Um, and, and I, those have become for me kind of a, I dread them. Yeah. <laughs> I, the last one I actually completely skipped out. I just, I went to the movies. I, I, I literally snuck in this back door and, and snuck into my bedroom when the party was still going on because mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I, I just had so much anxiety around it. Yeah. Um, so when I do find myself in settings like that now, I will 100% rely on the alcohol to get me through it. Yeah. I don't know what I think about that now. See, to me, that is super taboo for me personally. I don't have any judgment about anybody else engaging mm-hmm. in that, mm-hmm. but, and I'm sure a lot of it comes from, you know, being 
such a, a codependent to an alcoholic husband for mm-hmm. such a long time sure. sort of seeing yeah. that and being constantly angry and resentful about why are you not looking at the consequences of your mm. actions and and all of that and then trying to really sort of drill that into my children because there's the whole um biological component sure. and do they have that gene and could that happen it was I had a lot of anxiety about them starting to drink. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Nobody seems to be exhibiting any sort of, you know, proclivity to any sort of addiction. Um, thank God. But you know, um, you're always on on watch for it. But it made me super aware. So when I'm talking about the, you know, assessing where I am physically, what's my hydration level, what's my food level, all of those things that all factors into it. But one of the big things too is the emotional part of it. And is that, am I doing this because I've planned this and I want to go celebrate and I want to have fun and I want to be a little bit relaxed or am I doing this because like out of frustration because I've had a really bad day. And if that's the case, I absolutely can't do Mm. it even if i know that it would help me relax i i have like a self-imposed sure sort of ban on it um and it isn't like oh i wish i could but i can't oh but i can't it's i just flat out can't Mm. i just cannot because it feels so um like slippery slope to me (laughs) even though i'm well aware that i'm the person who like oh i know i had a glass of wine somewhere like i you know won't finish it because i've left it somewhere and i've i've been to a lot of aa meetings Mm -hmm. um you know trying to support him who he still even after three stints in rehab is not sober Mm. um that's not my problem anymore. But, um, you know, I would hear all these people talk about, you know, sort of making fun of normies and say how funny it is that Mm. we'll say like, Oh, I've lost my drink. And, and one guy one time was saying, I mean, I I don't understand. I have lost my keys. I have (laughs) lost my wallet. I've lost my car. I've lost my job, but I have never lost a drink. Mm. And everybody else in the room going, Oh yeah, no, totally get that. And they were like making fun of the Mm. rest of us, you know, in this sort of good hearted, but like not way. And just thinking, crazy that's crazy you know so I know I could never be like that and it isn't actually a problem and even if I have a drink at the end of a bad day that's not going to that's create not your problem. A problem. right that's yeah. not isn't going to happen for me but I just can't I can't get past yeah. it. it's a wall I can't get past and I for a long time I thought oh I need to deal with this I need to and it's like no it's okay it's okay to have that be a rule yeah right. just be like mm-hmm. there's right. nothing to be gained yeah. really from you know from like learning to yeah get drunk when I've had a rough time like right. that's you know yeah it's kind of a weird thing though right no I totally get that like, but I do think it comes back to like the whole you got being a good girl thing yeah, a completely. lot of it a lot of it yeah comes to that when I feel kind of in the almost between those two things because I I have a lot of that where like I check in with myself all the time like do I need this am I needing yeah. it am I, do I feel like I need it am I feel like I uh, uh, because of you know the histories uh, that do exist in my family and my hyper awareness of that and the yeah. good girl thing, all of those yeah. things. At the same time, like I have such a hard time getting out of my head mm. on a lot of things and just like that really fierce life grip I have on control is hard for me. So I'm always a little bit on the lookout for things that like for opportunities to short circuit that. And I'm curious about. Uh, like what I've been playing with a little bit is like alcohol as sort of a, just that loose feeling just to short circuit that just 
the first time because a lot of times it's just that first bit of anxiety Mm -hmm. into the unknown because there are all these things that I just have not done in life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And a lot of times it's just getting over that first hump and what it's done. So alcohol has been helpful for me in that and just taking the edge off of that like crippling part of my anxiety and being like, okay, let's get past this yeah. ridiculous fear that you've been holding. And then the yeah. next time I don't need the alcohol to get past the fear. Yeah. And I think like, that, oh, like, fine. I would like to get to that place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe, like get, I mean, if it you know? only, if I, like for me, that's been helpful, but mostly because my problem with not being able to get out of my head is much bigger right. in my <laughs> life than my problem with alcohol. So like that is significantly yeah. more, um, crippling in my life so have you found like what have you learned about yourself after using the alcohol for that in that first moment like then then what happens the rest of the night like i'm like full of shit mostly like honestly well yeah well just the the, that's really cool the stuff i have anxiety (laughs) (laughs) the stuff i have anxiety about is silly and i know that and that's the thing like i think i have a lot of there are a lot of things that i am afraid of that i like I know on an intellectual level that all of my fear is completely unwarranted Mm. and very silly and that if I would just shut up and stop worrying about it and stop being so obsessed with whatever I'm afraid of looking stupid or whatever Mm. my thing is that I'm putting on myself at that time, um, that it's no big deal. And I know that because I'm good at tackling fear. I don't like fear. I don't like feeling afraid and I'm not afraid of much. I'm afraid of weird things, but I'm not afraid of a lot of normal things. Yeah. Um, like I'll jump out of airplanes all day long, whatever. Like I have all that kind of stuff. (laughs) I want to get to that place. (laughs) Let's do it. Like I don't have, I'm I'm very like, take a microphone with you recorded from the podcast. I'm very high risk oriented. Like I'd like it. I'm a thrill seeking high adrenaline kind of a person. That's fun for me. Put me on a roller coaster. Um, but these little things that I have the hangups about, uh, I just have to, I just have to get past them. So like, it's good. Cause a lot of times, like just one time, like if I drink a little bit and then sing karaoke, karaoke is one of these. Mm, there you go. Karaoke gives me crippling anxiety Yeah, yeah. for same. reasons same, same, same. that Seriously? make zero sense. Weird, right? It's weird. No, you know why it is. It's because people who are actually like decent at singing, yeah. there's a hell of a lot of pressure on karaoke all of a sudden. Mm, like yeah. it's harder if you're, karaoke is great if you're either incredibly great like if you can get up and be kelly yeah. clarkson singing yeah. a kelly clarkson song great or if you're really bad that then that's mean. charming and everybody <laughs> likes you yeah. because you're like oh she's charming and terrible and we're like all on your side it's yeah. like cameron diaz and my best friend's wedding one yeah. night where she gets up and sings and everybody's just like oh my god we love you because you're <laughs> but if you're just like if you're in the middle at all yeah then it's just kind of boring and no one yeah. hears and uh, you're just like the, why am i here which has been mike's and i'm not like a big like do a whole thing karaoke person at least i haven't been so like my challenge has been to get a little tipsy and then yeah. do karaoke yeah. and to do it in a silly way. Like I conned my friend Brian into doing a Britney Spears song with me and that like we did hit me baby one more time. And that was perfect. Yes. Cause like that is a duet with my folksy singer friend. Brian was just perfect. It was perfect. And that was a safe thing to do. Um, but then like now even sober karaoke is not so scary for me because I know like I've got that risk reward thing built up in my head where like I've done it enough times and I haven't died you know I've done it and it's gone relatively well so like I know it will happen I've tried it out a few times I have an idea of Mm -hmm. like because it's the unknown 
that is yeah. really the thing that I'm afraid of. It's just that I don't know what's going to happen yeah. in this scenario. So once I've got a few under my belt. And honestly, how is it any different than like, okay, let me pop half a Valium. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, it's basically the same effect. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Or caffeine to get me started at work in the morning. Yeah. 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 So when you, since you said you don't really ever get like drunk to the point that you're having a hangover or anything. Not yet. Maybe next year. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So when you, when that sort of thing happens, whether you have a hangover or not, but just, you know, when you get to that point that you're like, oh, wow, I'm really damn drunk right now. Do you, because I find I don't ever set out to do that ever. Oh, yeah. But I, you know, you're feeling good. And so maybe just a little like, and I think, oh no, I'm fine. Yeah. I can do one more yeah. or whatever. And you know, this is only a six five. This isn't even that bad or whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh damn, I'm Cross like, the line. wow. But it's just too late. Yeah, you right? know, at that point, that's I've found that to be the case a lot. That that I don't know until it's yeah. until it's too late because it doesn't hit you no, right away. It it's going to sneak up on you totally. Yeah. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not, peer pressure is not a huge thing for me. I will, yeah. I don't, if somebody buys a round of shots and I decide I don't want it, I feel no qualms. I'm like, sorry, you spent the money. I didn't ask yeah. for this. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Um, so that's not the thing either. But yeah, there'll just be, like I said, there have been times when I've gone out specifically because yeah. I'm like, tonight's the night, you know, we're, <laughs> it's we're on. Yeah. Tonight's gonna be. <laughs> nope, you can't um, sing the songs. <laughs> and for me, that's Copyright. totally about the hangover. If I could yes. do that without having a hangover, mm-hmm. I would probably. I hate the hangover. D- that's my thing. I just hate hangover because I hate throwing up so much, and, and I, I hate the dizzy yeah. like headache. Yeah, I'm so curious. Like I've I've honestly tried to do this in my house. Like I've been like I'm gonna just like I'm home tonight. Fable's not with me. I'm gonna just like drink a bottle of wine by myself. <laughs> Just to see how it feels. This is a safe it's place. Not fun. I can do it. And like I just never quite get there. Like, <laughs> I just and I, I work I, with people I, well, who probably, are a I'm lot sorry. younger who party a uh, lot yeah, yeah, yeah. and are frequently nursing hangovers and talk about how miserable they are. And in my mind I'm like, well then why the hell are you doing it? And some it? for some people it's not the the giant yeah, turnoff. They that just it is. go, well, oh, whatever. It's yeah. like fun enough. Right. That but I can't enjoy it enough because I just know yeah. what's yeah. Gonna, that's like know? the defining problem in my life, not being able to enjoy things because yeah. I'm thinking about what will happen. Well tomorrow. me too and I I am a chronic overthinker. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the worst. And, and there's there's it's a double edged sword. Like there's yeah. part of that that's actually really great. Yeah. <laughs> you stay alive yeah. and like you stay And then the part where you don't do things. Where you right. miss out. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. It's that whole Mm-hmm. Man, I blame Jesus for this. <laughs> well, speaking of blaming Jesus, I feel like we'd be remiss <laughs> if we didn't to not bring up blame Jesus. Jesus? <laughs> if we don't, if we don't blame Jesus, yeah. um, no, I just, I, especially, and the, just mostly to satisfy my own curiosity. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. but but uh, I mean, ever since I heard you had two pastor parents, yeah, I gotta sucked. hear a little more. It I got, I gotta hear some more of this story. It was awful, really. Yeah, it, it was. was. Real bad. It was. So what tradition? What, what? Uh, so United Methodist. Okay. Now UMC's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so I primarily grew up in Pacific Beach uh-huh. at um, PBUMC, which looked very different when we left than mm-hmm. it did when we got there. So my, my dad was a pastor first before I was born. Um, my mom went to seminary um, when, I guess, after my th- my first brother, so the third child, was born, and um, 
and so right from there, she was commuting up to Claremont, California on the train. So she was gone a lot. Which did was, she go to um, the School of Theology in Claremont? Do you know somebody uh, did else? Did we not just have somebody else? Uh, was Wendy? Did Wendy go there? Maybe. I don't and, and Jeremy, who's been on the podcast. There's so many people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot Wendy of people. Did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, this this episode's airing before Wendy's will, so in the future, you guys will hear about <laughs> Wendy. Um, <laughs> Timelines are fun. I think that uh, so my mom obviously had grown up with a father who was a pretty prominent pastor, and I think um, I don't know. I don't know the reasons that my parents became pastors. I don't, which sounds very odd to say, quite frankly, but. Um, the, I never talked about it with my mom and she has since died. My dad, I remember at one point talked, uh, I was asking him like, how did you end up? And he goes, ah, you know, he was in high school trying to figure out what he wanted to do, what he, what direction he should go for college. And, um, my grandma, his mom said, well, what do you like to do? And he goes, said, well, I like to hang out at church. He was very involved in the youth group and stuff. And so he thought, well, that's a respectable job, I'll become a pastor. So it's not like, oh, some big calling, right? You yeah. know, right? Something to um, do. Yeah, yeah. So, so he did. And my parents met in in college because they were both very involved in, um, you know, in church things and in social justice because that's a huge part of the United Methodist Church is the right. social justice aspect. And um, so I think part of her going to seminary. White, frankly, and this is me speaking, not her, but I think it was, well, you have this and you have the attention and you've got that and I want that too because right. they were extraordinarily competitive. I don't know why they ever got married. Well, I, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> There's not a pregnancy. It was not that. <laughs> I was born like three years after they were born, but they were married. But Maybe, I think maybe it, it was just a competition well, neither of them wanted to back out of. I think there was that and I oh, think I, I know that my paternal grandfather told me later um, – when I expressed sort of some confusion about Mm. that and he sort of looked at my grandma and chuckled and said should we tell her (sighs) and I went thinking oh my god I would have had an older sibling no that was not it at all it was uh he came home from conference one year because there's annual conference at Redlands every year and uh said oh I met someone and she's a pastor's daughter and she's involved it like she fit the pastor's wife Mm. deal And my grandma, my mom's mom, was the perfect pastor's wife. And I adored those grandparents. All my grandparents I adored. And um, she just was very, very traditional. And, you know, and and I think he thought my mom would be as well. And my mom was like, yes, screw that when she got into it and was like, no, I'm going to do this too. So there was a lot of competition. But when I was eight, we moved to PB. I just turned eight. And they became co-pastors there. Mm. And I don't remember exactly what the church was like other than just old and dated mm. at that point. And it was an older congregation. And um, she, my mom was always very, very big into equality and into inclusion. And that was not a thing at that point in mm. the church, in our experience of church. And so it became the, the gay church. Mm. Like that mm. was the safe place Mm. and it still is if you go there now it is a very it's like it's amazing it's great and and so I'm very very proud of my mom I have a lot of issues with my mom Mm -hmm. um but that I'm super proud of that she that she did that and I always thought it was my parents it wasn't until I was an adult 
and saw some other things and realized it really was my mom and mm-hmm. not my dad um, yeah. that, that did that. But um, yeah, they, they were just so competitive and there was a lot of like really bad things that happened um, with my dad and his whole, yeah, there was just a lot of inappropriateness. Mm. Um, but the reason that it was so bad were two things. First of all, they had no room for us in their lives. So they had me, they adopted my sister who it, I was two years old it was the month after I turned two, she was two weeks old and she is, uh, African American and native American mm. had my biological brother two years later and then adopted my, my youngest brother from Vietnam. So we have this like multicultural family, you know, everybody says, Oh, you were the bread and, you know, Angelina before <laughs> that was a thing. Before Angelina, yeah. Before but it was like, it looked great. Yeah. It looked great. These pastors and they were like taking and both my younger brothers um, have disabilities. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, just a lot of like, oh, you're such wonderful people. Mm-hmm. And um, that was not the reality at home. Mm-hmm. So it was a combination of them not, never being around. And, um, you know, my sister always says, well, you're the one that raised us because mm-hmm. I didn't have. So I didn't get to have a childhood at all yeah. because I had to take care of them. Um, and, and the ex, that was just the expectation was, mm. and again, it didn't come from a religious, it wasn't like, well, this is what our religion says. And so therefore this is how you have to act. It was very much, um, this is just the expectations. You can't have needs, forget wants, you know, and you need to make all the sacrifices, um, for this, which definitely fed into the, have to be a good girl, can't do things you're not supposed to do, have to take care of other people, yeah. you know, all of that, that, sure. um, affected a lot of things, including my relationship with alcohol. Um, but yeah, but a lot of it is sort of the perception that people have, uh, when you are part of a pastor's family and it's just doubled when you have two, like, I don't know why that would be different, but it's, it's doubled. And at the point that I was a a young kid and my mom became a pastor, there weren't very many female pastors in our Methodist church. So it was an anomaly there too, which really put a spotlight on us. Hmm. Remember one time the, the Union Tribune came out and did a story on it. So we're like on the front page of the religion section. I was just about to say, yeah, like this oh, is, yeah. It, it, oh. it's, it's like the marketer's dream. Yeah, right? Right. Like, and that's yeah. exactly what it was. They came and they brought, um, you know, there's a reporter and photographer and we all had to be there and they took a picture of all of us sitting around the dining, the dining table. And I remember at the time, at this point, I think I was probably 10 or so, yeah. 10 or 11. And I remember thinking, this is so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like they are talking about how, and it just, and I mean, it was a big thing in the community. Uh, you know, everybody, people were like cutting out the picture and bringing it as though we didn't already have 50 copies of it. And just talking about how proud we must be of our parents and that sort of thing. And it mm. just wasn't, um, it wasn't reality. It wasn't your reality? Yeah. 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 So it was a, it is was a that, tough thing. Is that what... Well, so did what was your relationship to faith or the church or God? Like, did you have that early on? Like, I, you know, it's funny because although we were raised at church, we weren't necessarily raised. We it was never discussed at home. Mm-hmm. We, oh, wow. um, we would every night we had this little like prayer that we would say, this little grace we would say before dinner that we had made up and it was just something we would race through and that was it. But there was never like discussion of God or of Mm. faith or if there was problems, it was never like, let's pray together. I mean, that was not presented at all. So I was just saw it as a job, you Mm. know, that you go. And I was, I mean, I was a church secretary. Mm. I like, I've taught Sunday school. I've done all these things, but I never believed. And I just kept thinking, 
because I'm so much more like science minded. And if you can't prove it and, you know, and so I see sort of, I don't believe in a deity. I believe more in like, more like the force, <laughs> you yeah. know, I, which I hate that whole spiritual, but not religious thing, but I don't right. know a better way to For say sure. it either. So there's all of that. pantheistic mystic. There you go. Sounds there fancy. You go. Yeah. But I still, I stayed in the church <laughs> for the social. I'm logging that away because I have, <laughs> first time I've heard you use those words. So we're going to talk about that at some point. Thanks, right? science Mike. I, I stayed for the social justice aspect of it, quite mm. frankly. And I. Wow. Because I, I didn't, I don't know. It's, it was just my identity and I knew that there were other ways I could do it, but I didn't know how else. And I needed the community, especially because I was in such a bad situation. And when you're moving constantly, the first thing I would do is find a church family because I needed that support. And, you know, so I looked at it from that, but I actually, I first left the United Methodist church because, uh, because of their stance on homosexuality, Mm. because they um, while there are a lot of uh, inclusive churches and there is a whole group of people that are really fighting to change the doctrines of the church, the official rules are still, we're against it. You can't like, is it really? Yeah. And so I went, so, you know, I worked for a UMC church in St. Louis. Oh, it was a UMC church. Wasn't yeah. it? And, and I, and I mean, I, the first thing I said, cause I knew nothing about the Methodists when I went to yeah. apply for this job. So the first thing I said when I walked in was like, to save all of us time, like just so y'all know. Yeah, here's the deal. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. they, I, I think honestly, I think that was what sealed the deal for yeah. like why I well, got the there, job. And there are, I mean, I know this gay pastors, you know, yeah. I know there's pastors, and I know a lot of people who are who are pastors who are like really actively fighting. I actually think there's going to be a split in the church oh, over it. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, but I finally got to the point where I'm like, this is so wrong. Right. And if I am a member, I am. Like say, this is a yeah exactly yeah. because this is a choice it isn't something mm. you know and so I left and went to the UCC church um, which I felt was more open um, and then I really at that point was like okay even if they're open like I don't believe in God mm. I just like Why when you I get here? to the heart of it like yeah. I can have community in other ways and a lot of that came from my theater community as yeah. you know you know how that is and um, and Special. there are other yeah and. I don't have to tithe to the church and I don't even want to. I was the secretary. I did the, I know where that money is. Like I would rather take money each month and put it towards friends, kickstarters or buying somebody groceries or help. You know what I mean? Doing things like that. And I feel like there, it just makes more sense. So the things that I needed from it, I get in other ways that I feel are more true to my beliefs. So yeah, but I'm like, I'm sure a huge disappointment. But you know what? What else? Yeah, no, this Whatever. is your life. Yeah. This is your life. Yeah. I love that. I love your your incredibly succinct, like, to the yeah, point. that's great. <laughs> Here's my deconstruction. Boom. That was, like, the most efficient like, use of time on the Heathen Podcast in the yeah, history of the Heathen Podcast. It's not like, we should get I you really a trophy. about. I, you know, there's a lot of... I grew up with a ton of secrets. Yeah. Because we... I knew the way that we were supposed to be presented, and I knew that you weren't supposed to talk about what was right. really going on. Right. And then I, you know, when you're in an abusive marriage, you like, you know, lie about where your bruises are from and you lie about how, mm. especially when it's military mm. and all that. And I finally like now I'll open up about that and I'll talk about stuff that people like their mouths are hanging open. I'm like, God, oh, I need to pull back a little bit on that. But it's <laughs> the religion far, that is yeah. a little, because I don't, I want to be sensitive to, I have a lot of people in the church still who sure. I love and yeah. I don't want to, they can think whatever they want of me. I don't care yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to for anyone to feel that I'm judging them right. or 
to feel hurt by anything I've said or, you know. That's so great. You know what I mean? That's so great of you because I'm totally not there. (laughs) I'm totally ready to call people out. religion, Well, had had I had... situations where people were like directly doing things to me, that would be very different. Yeah. But where it's just me, um, yeah, like, you know, inappropriate relationships that I've seen Mm, happen between pastor and constituents and things like that. Like, I don't know where people are, so I don't want to, you know, do anything to like, I don't know, make, make problems for anybody. It's the good girl in me. Yeah. (laughs) I also love that, like your your story is kind of the yeah you, you the reason you stayed was for the social justice, oh, completely. Yeah. which is so completely. not the typical. Way. Normally, usually people are church. like out of there because no. churches are so freaking. Well, and and my I mean my favorite picture of my parents, the only picture I've ever seen of them that I actually like is was taken in college, yeah. and I don't even remember what the march was, but they were marching and they were holding signs, and mm. I'm like, yes, that's what I aspire right. to. Now I didn't see as much of that, and definitely not from my dad my dad will adjust himself to whoever's in front of him he worries a lot about you know his uh, well I don't know now that he's getting older maybe it's not but but you know he, he has this sort of persona to uphold mm. um, which I don't really understand that's not how I, mm. I'm very much me mm. and I, so I have a hard time relating to people who aren't that way yeah. but I there were so many organizations that you had easy access to, to volunteer with or to be involved with. And, but you know, you don't have to go to church to be, to go build a house of habitat or right. to volunteer. What? Super, right? yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And after I started like, Oh yeah, yeah. I can well, do that true. anyway. I mean, that was true for me too with Mago. Like that was my, like their social justice movement. Like that was my like church school education. Like that was yeah. like, I learned, I was, completely humbled and completely turned around and I learned sitting in what Imago was doing around social justice and like the people they were partnering with and I was incredibly I talk about a lot like how lucky I feel to have been sitting in the room with the voices that were like making those decisions and leading that way because I learned I learned so much and it took me a while to figure out how to transition what I'd learned there into the world that I'm in now and how to do it on my own without yeah. being led. Cause I was yeah. being just led. I could oh, yeah. just show up for things yeah. and be like, okay, great. This is great. Yeah. I'm here. Put your name on a list right? on like paper. And, then yeah. and so like yeah. you have to kind of take ownership yeah. of it, which is scary. Um, but doable and good. And in a way that turned out to be a pretty good growth step for me because I had to get over, that was another like fear that you have to get over of like, Oh God, I'm going to do this wrong. You know? Well, and part of it for me too is tied into what organizations I want to be involved with Mm -hmm. because I will never put money in those damn red kettles at Christmas (laughs) because the Salvation Army is like, no homosexuals. You know what I mean? So uh, forget it. You're not uh, going to get a just dime from me. Explain to the poor person ringing the bell. Well, too. And I, but you know what? Whatever. Dang. They don't care. They're just like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I, I felt like I needed to be more responsible to my own beliefs and my own morals. Yeah. And that meant, you know, I'm not eating Chick-fil-A. I'm right. not, you know, I know. And I didn't, so I, damn did, good. I didn't for like three years. <laughs> I just can't. And then I read an article. I read an article that, uh, again, it could be completely <laughs> That was like, wine is good for you, and you were it like, was. Chick-fil-A! No, it was an article by, it was it was in a gay publication, and it was by a gay author who went and like actually got to know Truett Cathy, who's the, um, yeah. you know, the, the president or founder or whatever. Yeah. And they, according to this article, they pulled back on giving, they stopped giving to the, like, the reparative therapy bullshit, like oh. the conversion therapy stuff. Right. Which is why, I mean, I'd been through that, yeah. so that's why yeah. I, I, I had to as well. Yeah. But also, 
I'm a southern boy. I know, and they're so good. God damn it. I always say if I'm if I'm somewhere and someone else buys it and gives it to me, I'll eat it because it's not my money. Right. I'll buy it. I'll buy it for you. I know that I have gay friends who will do it and are like, oh my god, it's just a chicken sandwich. Just eat it. it. Yeah. It just like I get really hung up on on my morals. And it's not that I'm judging anyone else. But I yeah, and I couldn't reconcile my morals with church and then when I realized okay this isn't even like oh let me go to the mountains and be with God no I don't think there is a God and maybe there is maybe I'm wrong but that's not something I've ever been able to connect with Mm -hmm. and so like then what am I doing in church there are other ways to be you know you know that that people talk about how the most Christian people they know aren't Christians yeah yeah totally and that's kind of you know, I want I want to be that. Like that's what I want yeah. people to say that about me. Yeah. <laughs> like, but then oh, at the same nothing, time, like Duffy's more Christian. It's never going to so happen. Jesus-y. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like that. Me- that means you're Jesusy. Yeah. Like that's by totally. definition what that means. And I'm not uh, Jesusy. So right. don't call me Christian. You know. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, well, I believe Jesus was pretty hip. I believe Jesus was a real person. <laughs> but if I don't believe in God, then Jesus can't yeah. be totally. Well, the son yeah. God, I, I mean, so. I'm kind of, I would say Jesus-y and like, like living life in yes. the way that Jesus, I think I'm way more Jesus-y post most of my religion than I was during. Same. For sure. Same. Like as far as like walking the Well, and walk. now nobody is telling me how I should be judging anyone else. Right. Yeah. And in church that I, I have walked out of sermons that my dad was giving <laughs> And he, I do not come from an evangelical background, but where I'm just like, oh, hell no. Like, I cannot, and I know if I stand up and walk out, he's going to notice. And like, by that, you know, that kind of thing. Because I just, (laughs) but then it's never discussed. Because he knows I'm a, you know, strong-willed individual. I don't think he wants to get into it with me. I love that. And that's cool. (laughs) God, I would have never had the guts to do that. I would have just sat there smiling. (laughs) For many years I did. And then I just got really fed up. Yeah. And and a lot of that comes with the hypocrisy of like listening to somebody stand up in front and say do these things or don't do these things mm, and then watching and then watching them yeah. do really really damaging things that, yeah. like exactly that and yeah. you just go oh okay everything you say is bullshit yeah. like yeah. it just is See, that's a like, very unique perspective to have I like oh, normalized yeah. that bullshit like I normalized it somehow in my mind because I've always been very close to pastors I've always yeah. either been growing up with pastors or been pastors assistants or whatever so I've always been privy to the bullshit. And there are a lot of really, really oh, good great people. people but, yeah. people, but great people have bullshit. Like yeah. all, yeah. most people have some sort of dark thing that they're hoping you don't find out about. And then eventually you find out about it. And then they're like, Oh my oh. God, they're human. <laughs> and I'm usually yeah. like, Oh, that's cute that you have that thing. Yeah. Um, woohoo, we're all scandalized. <laughs> but, um, but a lot of that is because like I grew up with, you know, the youth pastor had an affair. This person had an affair. This yeah. person did this, this person did this, this person did that. And like, it just, was it became normal like I just now I just assume like I've never had that thing as an adult I've never had that experience of feeling betrayed by a church leader because I just assume I just assume I'm the that same everybody's way. got and some I sort think of when shady... you grow up watching your pastor father have all these affairs right. with totally. women with very very vulnerable needy women mm. that he's essentially preying on right. in the congregate who come right. to him for counseling then yeah there is kind of that like you wonder about everybody yeah. and I like I said I know a lot of pastors i i just know a lot and some of them a lot of them are really the vast majority are really really good people right but there is always that 
that knowledge, uh, you, you can't be naive and, and believe sort of the stereotype of pastors yeah. that the general public has right. when you're inside of it. Because you know yeah. that yeah. that might not be true. And the culture doesn't let the pastor be Right. Normal human being. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which yeah. is how they get away with stuff too, because right. nobody can nobody believe that that it. would actually and you happen. Have a completely so. divided lives. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I've witnessed so many pastors feeling just like they go through life unseen because they have yeah. two totally different mm-hmm. lives. And I feel like that's this repeated story. But and it's not that I assume that pastors are somehow shady. Or like worse than other humans. Yeah. I just assume. Although that sometimes they are. That's they can be. Where they sure. End up in that, I mean, you, you know. get a bad apple in every yeah. bunch. But like, I just assume that they are human. Yeah. Also, and also most the, humans. The, yeah. Well, also the the the. <laughs> When you're set up to live two lives, like when, yeah. when your culture like forces you into that paradigm, you're more inclined to leave. Absolutely, yeah. and, and, and I'm just speaking as someone who had to do that for years. And yeah, years, totally. like, yeah. I, I feel like my darkness got real dark, right? Yeah, because like right. because there was literally nowhere else for and it to go. And because you've so. got a shame pile yeah. Yeah. surrounding. Sorry it. to interrupt you. No, but, no, no. Yeah, that's that exactly. Was, yeah. But that's kind of exactly where I was going. Like that, I just assume that pastors are human, and I yeah. assume that all humans have some sort of. Bullshit. Well, and they're also not given any space to question. Yeah. Right. I, I there's one um, one female pastor in particular that I am very very close to, who's kind of a surrogate mom to me, and she mm-hmm. was a, one of um, although she's like ten years younger than my mom was, she was you know one of the other very few women in that the sort of same time period and she is retired but you know we've had a lot of conversation about this and she's like you know i am more and more thinking there isn't a god either there isn't a deity that it Mm -hmm. is more um you know about sort of the vibrations that everyone puts out and it all connects together and (laughs) think about it like if you you know, have chia seeds and you get them wet and they get that gel. It's kind of like that. God it's is like chia gel. <laughs> you know what I mean? That it's more of like, or I like lo- the force. I <laughs> love, no, I love the fucking metaphors we come up with on this, on this podcast. God when is a flash mob. God is the orb that we all poke out of. Some water God's the chia the, seeds. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we know what you're like, saying. Just, it's beautiful. It's yeah. Great. So it's not about like this other being. Mm-hmm. It's about all of us and all sort of tying in together. Yeah. But, and she can say that to me because she knows that's what I think. Yep. Totally. But. She can't say that on right, Sunday, Sunday morning. Right. Because, oh my God, if you're questioning, then what yeah. the hell am I supposed right. to be thinking? You know? And, yeah. and I get it. And that would be a horrendous, mm-hmm. a totally. horrendous position to be in. That's why I'm so, we talk about our church and call yeah. it the unicorn church. And it's, it, because it is the place where our pastors are so, like, brutally honest at times it's about so the, about at what's going on. It's so... Which makes it okay and I, for and you. I, and I think, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think yeah. I would... I know. I know I'm done with church except for I freaking ran into Sojourn. Right. Yeah. Like, except too. for I found yeah. this place we, we where... Yeah. 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 Yep. 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 For sure. All right. Sojourn oh Grace. Um, before we close this thing out, you have your Tom Collins... Yeah, Tom Collins, guys, order it at a bar. You'll feel really cool, and it tastes fine, unless you hate gin, in which case, <laughs> don't get it. Get a vodka soda. I do like Is it the... too sweet, though? Tom Collins? I mean, I it is know. a sweeter drink, but, well, it depends. Yeah. Some bars are going to make it with a mix. If they make it with the mix... Yeah, it's probably really sweet. Yes, yeah. it's too sweet with the mix, but you're not going to die. It's not, like, super-duper <laughs> kill you yeah. sweet. If they're, if they're, like, a a reputable establishment right. with like a decent bartender yeah. and they make it with actual sugar yeah. and lemons. Pretty good. You I can mean, also just get a gin and tonic. 
Yeah. And then gin just and tonic say, all the say, way. Double lime. You say gin and tonic, and double lime. lime, well is fine is yeah. a good phrase oh, yeah, yeah. if you don't know yeah. what okay, the hell so, to order. But, but even this is like, I think I only re- very recently realized what well drinks are. And they're the... It, it's the cheapest. Okay, it's that's cheapest. what I'm gonna. Uh, that was what I was gonna say. If you're doing it in a mixed drink, just go for it's that. Fine. Yeah. yeah. If you're not trying to impress somebody, no. Well, but that even something like that was like the stupid thing. No, that I, I, no. obviously so, I could have googled this at any point. I just never did. But you feel yeah. stupid about you this feel stuff. Stupid. Okay, yeah. so can we go down a weird rabbit hole for a second? Yeah, for sure. Like I have this life hack. <laughs> life hack, a phrase <laughs> everyone loves. Um, here's the thing you're that such has a changed millennial. my life. Here's the thing that has changed my life. Like I have started just like being brutally honest about the things that I feel awkward about and it has changed my entire life. So yeah. like now when I go to a party, I did a whole thing on Instagram a while ago about this. Now when I go to a party by myself, if I have to go to a networking event or something by myself and I have that awkward feeling of like, oh God, how I'm going to start a conversation. I strategically look for a group of three or four people. I walk up and I say, hi, I am here by myself. It feels really awkward. Can I please join your group? And without fail, they go, absolutely, we love you. It's so perfect. And like that vulnerability, being willing to be vulnerable. And then they're just like, you're here, you're in our partner. And they're like, they adopt you and they keep you. Like they, cause now they have the power. I've given them the power. So like they, who were also maybe feeling social anxiety now feel like, oh, I've got a role to play at this party and it is savior of this girl. And so in a way, like we've just fixed everything. So this is also what I do at bars now. I go to a bar and I say to the bartender, I know I like gin. I don't know much else, but there's not much I don't like in the world. What do you think? Well, and to be honest, as somebody who works behind a bar, like that happens all the damn yeah, time. It's normal. People right? come in and go, um, so I only drink like Modelo or whatever it is, right. you know, or they don't drink beer at all and they have mm-hmm. no idea. And we're so, and they're always embarrassed. We hear it all day it's long. It's normal. It's fine. We're not judging you. We don't care. And that's we your will job. help you. It's and your that's job the thing is know. you're trained to then, yeah. you know. And it gives us a chance to interact. And honestly, if someone asks a question and I help them, they're usually going to tip me just a little bit right. more. Yeah, right. So it's <laughs> fine. And it lets you do your job. Yeah. It lets you jump yeah. in. So I don't sold, feel bad about asking. No, I sold yeah. wedding dresses for years and I never once wow. expected anyone to come in and like know everything about wedding yeah. dresses and be like, yeah. I know exactly. What, I was like, no, that's my thing is to know exactly what you want. Yeah. Like, I love it when people are like, well, I don't really know. I'm like, honey, I've got you. Yeah. No problem. So mm. I highly encourage people. Tom Collins. That's do a great it. Trick. Yeah. But I also highly encourage people to just go in and be like, I don't know what I like, but yeah. I know that I like Sprite, you know? <laughs> and, like, and just see what happens. I've gotten most of the best drinks in my life just by saying, I don't know, give me something. Well, they might give you something you wouldn't have even thought of. And didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. I like old fashioned. Yeah, it's old fashioned screen. They're so great. And yeah. I did not know. Yeah. So just mm. ask. You're good. Okay. I was gonna ask for like I want I wanted like my drink I like what, what should be my drink like you've well, got, you got do you like sweeter I have to figure like, it out I do like sweeter yeah have you yeah. had an old fashioned yes I've had an old fashioned because that sounds cool have you had a yeah, lemon drop martini my Maybe? my stepmom yeah. makes a great lemon drop martini it's, which delightful. is a little because it's sugar around the edge you like shit because so you should little... try a Tom Collins you might like I'm gonna try the Tom, Tom, the Tom Collins plus there's a rent reference in there so you yes right yeah Tom Collins well Kristen Cairns. Thank you so much. It almost sounds like you said both of our names, but you didn't. (laughs) But kind of. People call me Karen on the regular. Mm -hmm, They get very confused. I love it. Yeah. Whatever. 
Thank you for doing yeah, this with us. So Thanks much. for having me. It's been fantastic. I feel yeah. like we learned things. Don't send this to my dad. Nope, 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 nope. Well, uh, <laughs> we can. No, it's fine. It can be wherever. <laughs> He's hidden from most of my. <laughs> we can I bleep. Keep him, I keep him on the down. We can also down. bleep out your name every time I say it. Anonymous guest. We'll call you Tom Collins. <laughs> Friends call me Cal. <laughs> Tom Collins. Thanks for listening to Heathen. We're here every week. And in the meantime, if you miss us, you can find us in the following ways. Follow at Heathen Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us an email at askheathen at gmail.com, especially if you have feedback or ideas for future episodes. Leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and that helps other people find Heathen. And if you'd like to contribute to this community for people who need a soft place to land as they move away from bad religion, you can support Heathen on Patreon at patreon.com slash heathen podcast well thank you for your support with exclusive bonus content which you know is going to be freaking awesome wherever you find yourself in this space of godless spirituality spiritual godlessness or anywhere in between you're not alone we're glad you're here here's to the heathens (laughs) 